Each generation introduces new words to our vernacular. Groovy, that's awesome, dude. The words used in today's workplace are more inclusive and diverse than ever. So think before you cry YOLO and get all thirsty and flex in front of your work fam. And don't be all salty if it goes pear-shaped and you come across as a crashy Karen. Know what I mean. Hi Heidi and hi Brent. Hey. Hi. How are you both doing? Doing well. Staying warm. Staying warm. How is the weather in New York? Bitterly cold. Oh. <laughs> so let's dig in here. Um, is there an easy way to be sure you're choosing inclusive, appropriate language in the workplace? Well, wouldn't it be lovely if something were simple and straightforward? And I'm going to give the depressing answer of no. <laughs> and there is a discussion going on. There have been a couple articles about it regarding the terms... Latino, Latina, and Latinx. And I think that discussion is really the bubbling up of a lot of questions behind it and questions that impact all of the language we use in the workplace. And the short summary of this discussion is in academic communities, Latinx is seen as the most current and most inclusive term to reference the Spanish-speaking communities, communities plural. However, there's a challenge with that idea of communities plural, and there are multiple communities amongst the Spanish-speaking population who say, what's that academic crap? What do you mean Latinx? I speak Spanish and it's Latino or Latina. And there's a great deal of class, education, agenda, intent, and politicization between those two words. It's the same thing we've gone through with the U.S. sports teams and their somewhat racist or racial names. Like the, and some of them are blatantly racist. Yeah, like the Washington Redskins. They are. At one point in America, every Native American was called a Native American when in fact they were all from different tribes and have different identities. And they wanted to be identified as, I'm Sioux, I'm Iroquois, And I'm even Cherokee. those names are the westernization of names. the actual names. So we have a habit of trying to put people in a narrow band with a single noun. Identity. Identity, when it's not necessarily appropriate at all. So, so where, what, is the, what is the origin of Latinx? Where, where did that word, when did it come into use, and, and, and what, what were the sort of the origins of it? Any idea? The, the short version is, and this is actually a challenge that goes on with all languages that have gender. Right. So French, German, Spanish, they are all currently having discussions around this. And with Spanish in the academic communities, to step back from the question of gendering something, they chose to create an artificial neutral, which is Latinx. And that's where part of the conflict comes in, because it's a bunch of eggheads up on the hill came up with an idea. So it didn't even come from the Latino or the Latina community itself then? 
No, no not it, at all. No, it's, it's been not a quite roll a up. pushback. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> on it. Right. Is you're you're trying to identify all of us with a single moniker. Moniker, yeah, and they're not wanting any of it, uh, which I understand. They and, should. And something that I find very interesting around this, if you are a business looking out at your customer population, let's say you're trying to sell Pepsi to a community, is the singular identity of being the Spanish-speaking community is much too blanket and unnuanced to be helpful. Because whether you choose Latino or Latinx relates to which country you come from, what your education level may be, and what your political spectrum might be. So it's, I mean, if you're taking the academic word, it's intersectionalism. But if you're taking it just from a what does this play into as a consumer community, you need a much more nuanced analysis of your consumer population to understand whether for your product, Latinx or Latino is more appropriate for them. Right. So just saying Spanish speaking it is clearly not enough because no. <laughs> it's too broad. Yeah. Well, and that, can, that in itself creates some connotation of... Are all Spanish-speaking countries the same? And the answer is absolutely not. They're not. And then you get into the other question of if someone's second or third generation, they don't really speak Spanish, but they identify as part of the Spanish-speaking community. Am I also that incorrect when referring to them as Spanish-speaking? So what what's on the cards for Latin X, Latino X, or... What was it, Latinx? Latinx. Latinx. Yes. So what's on the card for, for Latinx? What, what's on the horizon? What change are we likely to see or is being promoted? The positive, if you're looking at the upside of this discussion, what does Latinx bring you, is that it steps the language back from a gender determination, which should positively connect with so many of the changes in society that most people want to see. Less rigid gender identities that you assume a nurse is female, a doctor is male. It steps back from that linguistic construct. In that area, it should be a win. But what it ends up being is artificial, which now thinking about it, Esperanto went so far as an artificial language, that really worked well. So we have demonstrated that artificial language doesn't necessarily succeed. So what would you say to someone in one of your organizations that you consult to then? How would they tackle this problem and what, what are the benefits? Just to, to understanding, because to me it reminds me of in and out groups. When you're outside of a group, you think everyone inside that group is the same. You might say all police officers are the same. You might say all school teachers are the same. But once you're inside that group, you know there are different levels. There are different types of police officers. And when you're a teacher, there's different types of teachers. So broad generalization is, is always flawed. But we as humans like to label things. I think one of the first things we counsel most leaders on is that language matters. What you say matters. Pick your words carefully because 
how they're received can be your downfall sometimes. Uh, it's the same with social media language. When people put things on social media, organizations put out information that's, let's say, insensitive. Mm -hmm. And that can hurt your brand. It can hurt your organization. And I think what Brent is really saying with language matters is speak with intent. And there is a deliberateness that if you are sincere in your language usage and you are honest in your choices, as well as understanding your brand, your audience, your employees, and you look at things with an intent of respect, you're going to be better off in the end. As business owners, where, where can we go to find out what's changing in terms of language? Because if I was looking at, I, I wouldn't know this, if I was looking at the term Latinx, I'd think, well, this is great. I, it's, it's, it's not gender specific. I'm being politically correct. How would I know that that It's something gonna, new. Yeah. It sounds good. This must be cool. <laughs> How would I know that that's an inappropriate word? Are there resources? Are there somewhere... You obviously know, but how would I know? You ask that, and the line from Ferris Bueller goes through my mind, things change fast around here. <laughs> and I yes. think that that is the uncomfortable truth in this. Things change fast around here. Yeah. And I think one of the things that a lot of, lot of leaders are doing is something called reverse mentoring, where they are being mentored by younger people so they understand what are the needs and how do you communicate? How are things done from your view? And I think if you are doing that or you had at least in touch with younger employees, you could at least confidentially broach the subject and say, what language should we be using for and the, the community? This, and this is not to say that members of a community need to act as they don't have to answer every question. That's not their responsibility to be there. We're not advocating that they put get put in that position, but that you open the door and you open the communication to them so that should there be something that they feel is appropriate, inappropriate, and keep your ears open because half of communicating is listening. And are you listening enough? So you'd be aware of the vernacular of the younger people working in your firm. In the same way I'm aware of the language my 14-year-old uses. Absolutely. Words, I haven't got a clue what they mean. Yeah, she's not going to tell you what it means either. You have to kind of pull it out slowly, yes. <laughs> yeah. so, so, Heidi, uh, what do we have to look forward to next week? We thought we'd expand your viewpoint a bit. We've talked supply chain. We've talked production. Let's talk church. Is a client of yours? Yes, it's a client we work with that happens to be a church. Selling faith. Right. So we shall go to church next week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. So thank you, Heidi, and thank you, Brent. All right, we'll talk next week.